Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. It's the podcast that takes a look behind the scenes of the fantasy sports industry through interviews with some of your faves in the biz. On this episode, I had a blast talking with Joshua Hudson. You might know Josh from Club Fantasy FFL, Women of Fantasy Football, and No Punt Intended, the flagship podcast of Club Fantasy, in addition to his many other contributions to the fantasy space. My conversation with Josh included talking about AM Sports Radio, telling a story through 5,000 word articles, banging out research papers two hours before the class, supporting women in the fantasy football space, how much money it would take for him to do a solo podcast, and a ton more. Make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at The1Hudsonian. You can follow me on Twitter at TheCaseyCasem and the podcast at GetReal underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. Thank you so much to Trophy Smack for being an affiliate of Get Real with Casey Kasem. This is the spot to check out if you're looking for fantasy sports trophies, belts, rings, draft boards, and more. I have an affiliate link in the description you can check out in order to view all the rad items that they have there. Make sure to use the discount code GETREALPOD for a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or belt. Note, you must have both the trophy or belt plus ring in your cart for the discount to apply. Now here's my conversation with Joshua Hudson on Get Real with Casey Kasem. Josh, I'm excited because a few different people have already brought your name up on this show so many times, so many times. And I'm always like, this is not Josh Hudson's episode. But today, today it is, Josh. Today it is. I'm like Beetlejuice. You say my name enough and here I show up, right? <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. That's how it works. So the uh, key to getting on this show was to have all your homies name drop when Barely. they come on. Sure, sure. That's a hint. Sure, sure. <laughs> if you guys want to try that out. Anyway, Josh, I'm so happy to have you here on the show. And, happy uh, to be invited. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's excited to get to I know mean, you. I mean, an FSWA-nominated podcast, and you want my nobody self on here? All right, cool. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no. <laughs> We're not going to go there. You're not a nobody. And if you're a nobody, I'm a big nobody. So let's go. Uh, all right. Let's get into fantasy football, but not the fun stuff that people like to talk about, players and all that jazz. We're going to talk about some other stuff. So, Ooh, Josh, I, the first question I ask everybody when they come on is, how did you get started playing fantasy football? I, honestly, like, it was just on a whim for me. So uh, I had graduated high school. I was getting ready to go off to college. Uh, we I'd already done, like, an orientation kind of thing. And, um, I was just like on my computer one day and just like saw an ad on NFL.com, like fantasy football. I had no freaking idea what it was. And I'm like, I love football. Let's have some fun with this. And that was like my first exposure to it. Uh, we, I did like a, a rando draft over the summer and, um, again, had no freaking idea what I was doing. And, uh, just kind of got sucked into it when I got down to college and started working. I, I started a job working at a Nike outlet store and um, obviously working at a, a sports retail store. Like you run, come across a lot of people who love sports. And so they wanted to do a league and we set up one on Yahoo. So um, and that that was kind of the start of this thing that has consumed my life over the last 20 years. <laughs> It's a crazy journey, I'm sure. Well, let's look at uh, growing up because I'm sure you had a favorite team growing up and I'm sure you watched sports growing up. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Um, my mom has home videos of me watching boxing as a, like a little three-year-old, just kind of like mimicking the moves and doing all this stuff. Like boxing's always been like a, a huge sport for me, but 
Um, now, like growing up, I honestly like I was I was the biggest baseball fan you'd probably ever meet in your life. Um, I I would like when kids were outside, you know, playing or running around the neighborhood, like I was holed up in my room, like reading history books and just like consuming stats. Like, you know, I could tell you the batting average of like the most random person in like 1933 at one point in my life. Um, And I, but I, and here's the funny thing. I never got into the history of football the way that I did baseball. And I think part of that was because when I was growing up, my mom would, she didn't like, I played flag football up until like fifth grade. And then when I got into middle school and like I would transition into like the pop Warner stuff, my mom was like, no, you can't play tackle football. She was one of those like helicopter parents. And so I think that's probably why baseball continued to stick with me was because I, I was allowed to play baseball. Right. Uh, but when I got into high school, I was like, you can't control this anymore. I'm playing football. So uh, I started playing football and, you know, just like I, I've always loved the game. Uh, I played defense in in uh, high school. My freshman year, I was a linebacker and then I transitioned to safety because I wasn't very fast, but I could read a defense really well. And um, but yeah, and then just, you know, continuing, you know, college, uh, even after the fact, like I, I've always watched, but. Um, my, my mom and, and my dad actually at one point in time had season tickets to the Miami Dolphins. So growing up, um, I like kind of essentially rooted for them just because I didn't really, you know, have a team, but I grew up outside the Tampa Bay area and the bucks always sucked, like always sucked. So it's like, why am I going to be a little kid that roots for the hometown team that sucks? Right. And, um, so I, you know, I just, I kind of continued to stick with the dolphins and, um but when i finally got to a point where i was like you know what i want to pick a team that i want to root for like i I didn't really feel like a sense of loyalty to the dolphins at all like you know i'll still kind of root for them just out of like you know who i am as a person like you know but i i was a huge donovan mcnab fan in college and um because i'm i'm a huge miami hurricanes fan i have a lot of family from miami my uncle who's you know for the longest time my best friend uh, we used to have season tickets when I was in college. We'd, we'd go to the Hurricanes games and just like it, experiencing that college atmosphere was number one on the list for me. It was it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but McDab would kill us every single time he played us. And I just, as much as I hated watching him, I loved watching him because he was just so good. So when the Eagles drafted him, I just, I kind of like, that's where my fandom went. Like it just kind of went with McNabb and, it just kind of culminated when um, they brought in Terrell Owens because I was a huge T.O. fan. Um, and then, you know, just that that pairing of McNabb and T.O., that was just kind of like it for me when it came to becoming uh, an Eagles fan. And, you know, even after the Eagles, you know, jettisoned um, McNabb and obviously losing T.O. because of the antics and everything, just kind of stuck with it. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what, this is my team and I'm embracing it. And that's where I'm at. That's a cool journey to get to where you're at. Even, <laughs> even if it's the Eagles, I will give you that. I'm a Cowboys fan. That's the only reason I rag. But but you have a great story as to why you like the team. And I really like the thought-out process. So you're like, I like this player. There yeah. you go. I mean. And I, and I think that's like, and that's what I always tell people, especially when, you know, people talk to me about like, you know, never having played fantasy or, you know, why should I get into it? I'm like, pick the players you want to root for. Yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody that ever wants to get involved with something. Find a player that you like to root for, 
root for that player. If if your your fandom for the team starts to latch on after the fact, great. But root for the player because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make you happy and that's what's going to make you enjoy watching them. 100%. I have become a fan of so many different players just because of fantasy football. Like Jameson Crowder, I was, you know, following him everywhere and being like, yeah, that's a dude. And so, you know, so totally. If And if I didn't have fantasy football, I probably wouldn't know as many players or teams. Oh, 100%. You know? As much so, research as we do, like yeah. for our dynasty teams and like writing articles and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. I find myself knowing random stats about players that are like fifth on the depth chart. And I'm just like, how do I have room in my brain for this? <laughs> like, what? This person's going to be irrelevant in six months. But hey, it's there. So I'll take it. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, other than we, you have brought up that you play fantasy football, obviously, obviously. Uh, but are there any other fantasy sports that you've played or that you play now? Uh, so I mostly stick to fantasy football. And a lot of that is simply because, you know, running a website, Club Fantasy FFL and um, Women of Fantasy Football. Um, it, I just really don't find the time to do much else because it, it's just so demanding. Uh, when I was in college, I, I did one season of fantasy basketball until I realized that it just wasn't for me because basketball itself just isn't for me. Um, I know some of the players. I know most of the rules. I know they've kind of switched some things up recently. Um, but like I, I watched it all the time in college because a lot of my friends when I you know went to college, they were huge basketball players. They played in, in high school and, and they were just huge fans. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll just I'll watch it because we're just going to go out and watch the game anyway. Um, I did fantasy baseball for quite a few years. Um, that's actually how I initially found, uh, Matthew Barry's work, uh, cause he was real big into baseball when uh, he first got over to ESPN. And, um, so uh, like, I, I've been a fan of Matthew Barry's for really since the beginning, but yeah, I, I did fantasy baseball for a few years and it's just, I always found myself like by mid season, I was like, I am so burnt out by this. Like it's. And it's so weird for me to say that because I am so consumed by fantasy football and it's a year round thing for me, mm -hmm. but I can't handle a six month baseball season. Like it does not make any sense to the normal person <laughs> at all. But I, yeah, I just found myself really burnt out on it. And, and it's funny because I know so many people that love and adore fantasy football. They love playing it. They love consuming it. And they have very similar thoughts when it comes to baseball. Yeah. That it's just the seasons are too long. It's just too much maintenance. And it's like, if you're not doing, you know, like a, a daily thing where it's like, you know, you're changing your lineup every day versus, you know, like setting it for a week and then just hoping that, you know, that one pitcher that you put in that's going to get two starts that week uh, actually pitches those two weeks yeah. <laughs> or two games. Um, you know, like, I just, I can't do that. But yeah. It, it's it, ideally that level of playing is more conducive to the mindset of, well, I don't have to be on there literally every single day making moves. So there there's, there's pluses and minuses to it, but uh, I've just, I've kind of found football is, is my niche. Um, ever since we started doing uh, who's your caddy with uh, Kelly Singh for uh, women of fantasy, um, I've started to kind of dabble a little bit in golf DFS, even though I tell you right now, watching golf, is like watching paint dry. I cannot stand <laughs> it. But I, I always watch the shows because I, I, you know, have to do all the the back end YouTube stuff. So, um, so I pay attention to it. I'm like, you know what? I'll play some of these picks. Maybe I win some money. And you know what? Kelly is 
crushing it with her picks. So by all means, I'll keep playing golf DFS then, I guess. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, as long as it keeps doing what it's doing, why change a thing? Keep there doing it. There you go. Hey. something to do, right? Set, right. Set the one lineup. One lineup. It's done over four days and Hang boom, out. whatever. Cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah, DFS, I think, is a nice middle ground there, you know. I, I like it. 100%. I like it. So, okay, what were you doing – or how did you get into even putting out content in the first place? Not fantasy football content, but like, what's the backstory of how you even started writing or any of that stuff? So I actually have a creative writing master's degree. Um, so I went to school for creative writing. Um, I've been writing screenplays, scripts for 10 plus years. I've written short films. I've written web series. I've written written TV pilots. I've written feature length films. Um, never got into novels, that, that sort of thing. It just, I don't know, just isn't for me, but, um, I love like building universes, creating characters, all that kinds of stuff. It's a lot of fun. And, um, after I finished my bachelor's degree, cause my master's degree was online. Uh, I landed a internship with a production company called left field pictures. And they were shooting a uh, reality series out in Las Vegas. And at that time, I had a, an old college friend of mine who lived out there. And um, so I had moved out there for a little bit so I could do the internship. And I was staying with him. And um, he had this idea to create a website that sort of was like, like Bill Simmons' Grantland back in the day was very similar, sort of kind of like molded the the entertainment side with the sports side. Um, so he started asking me kind of like, you know, this and that or whatever. And um, I was like, you know what, I, I love fantasy sports. So we I started kind of just writing articles uh, about fantasy. Um, I wrote regular standard football articles, baseball articles, you name it, I was writing it because, you know, I was doing a master's degree online. And needed something to write so why not yeah um we essentially we eventually started a, a podcast that only lasted about seven episodes um there's a nice big ugly breakup story with this website that i probably shouldn't get into here um but uh <laughs> so that was that was kind of a short-lived like dabbling kind of, into it you know fill in, but, you guys um, can come up with your own story in your head anyway I'm, yeah fine. right yeah, um but the I and really to kind of get the the inspiration behind even doing that podcast because I'd never listened to podcast up until this point. So this was, I think, like fall, spring, uh, 2012, 2013 area. Um, and this was right around the time that uh, Fantasy Focus, the 06010 podcast with Matthew Berry and Stephanie Bell were on, and um, that was like my first introduction to podcasting. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of took some inspiration from that when I created the the first one that I did. And um, I just remember one of my most asinine takes was that I'm staying far away from Adrian Peterson because it was right after he tours ACL. And <laughs> then he goes and rushes for 2000 yards and I, mean, I look like a freaking dumbass. Um, did a lot so. of people. Yeah, right. It, it just reminds me of that scene from the league when Jenny's given birth and the doctor's like, do not take Adrian Peterson. Nobody comes back from that. Um, it just, yeah, it's just funny. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not the only idiot in the world, even though he's an actor and I'm trying to actually do this thing. Um, 
but yeah so that was kind of like my first uh introduction to it and then after everything kind of fell apart with that and i eventually moved back to florida um i i had a, a home league that i was in and one of the guys in the home league who i went to high school with and you know we remain good friends to this day uh we'd kind of been tossing around this idea of like you know what why don't we create like our own podcast or start our own website and that's kind of how club fantasy was born uh it was really just kind of the two of us and sort of wrapping the podcast around the idea of like our home league and kind of talking about that and um this is honestly before i even knew of who or what the fantasy footballers were and they kind of did the exact same thing um clearly they're much better at it than me um but you know we did that for about a year and you know had some clicks and you know things were starting to move and i was like you know what i really like doing this like how could we kind of take this to the next level and um so i i reached out to uh where i went to school at at full sail university in orlando and talked with uh some people in like the the career department and things like that and uh, they basically said like, you know, why don't you post in like some of our like Facebook networking groups that you're looking for a quote unquote intern? Um, you know, we weren't like a registered company or anything, so we couldn't technically call it an internship, but, um, you know, just kind of somebody that maybe wanted to come on help us out, do this, that, or the other. And that's how I got in touch with, uh, my no pun intended co-host Joe Zolo. Uh, he responded to the ad. He, uh, was in the sports marketing program at full sale at the time. He uh, had a lot of experience, like, you know, doing social media and stuff. And that's kind of what he initially started doing um, for Club Fantasy. And he was actually in the process of helping the school market and get everything set up for the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting. So he actually went through and started up an online radio station called Die Hard Sports Radio. So we sort of crafted and put the podcast on this online radio network and for a while after my friend had taken a new job and decided to kind of bow out really it was just joe and i for shit year and a half probably just the two of us kind of doing it like i was writing the articles he was doing the podcast he was helping us with graphics and stuff um and then he got his girlfriend at the time who's now his fiance maggie on board and she was helping us do some graphics and um you know, slowly but surely just kind of started networking and getting more involved in Twitter. And, um, you know, after a while, that's, uh, I had met some people in a, a Facebook sports group and that's where I met Faith. Uh, that's where I met a couple other contributors that I have uh, on the website, uh, Drew Metcalf and Chris Molina. And, um, you know, he, Molina actually was the one that introduced me to the football or the fantasy footballers and kind of started to listen to some of their stuff a little bit. And, found out they had writers and that's how I got so I met stepmom Lauren that's how I met Ryan Weiss my my third co-host on no punt intended and everything just kind of like spider webbed out from there in all honesty it's it's been a it's been a weird ride um but it's been fun it's been a lot of work uh, it's been challenging at times but it's, it's fun and honestly like and and Ryan says this all the time he's like I'll stop doing this when it stops becoming fun right and I'm I honestly I feel kind of the same way but I'm, I'm at this point, I'm so ingrained into it that even if it's not fun, I'm just going to find new ways to make it fun once it stops being fun, because I'm, I'm just like, I'm so knee deep in this, like, <laughs> you know, it's here to stay really. So, well, you, that journey right there just shows that you, you know, you'll go in and, and 
move it how it needs to move and to get it to where it needs to be. And, and it's really cool to see the progress too, because you were kind of on the podcast game before a lot of people, right? You putting out, even with your first, with the seven episodes, I mean, that was before a lot of these podcasting. Yeah. Podcasting was really as a whole was in its infancy back then. Yeah. So that is just so cool that you guys just decided to do that. And, and then how it worked out with the networking part that you were bringing up because networking, I get a lot of people who send me messages on Twitter about networking. How do you, you know, I don't want to come off a certain way and I want to be respectful or I'll get messages from people who want me to look at their stuff or whatever. When you go into networking with people, how do you go about doing that? What, what are the different avenues that you find yourself doing? So I'm going to start with this addendum. I absolutely suck at networking. It, it is. <laughs> I'm so terrible at it because I'm not an outgoing personality. Like I'm very introverted. Um, I mean, for the longest time, like when we when we restarted, you know, you know, doing the podcast with Club Fantasy and no pun intended, it was just audio like we did not record over a camera. It was just audio. And the moment we decided to kind of move to camera, I was the I was a nervous wreck. Like <laughs> I have a personality that is made for radio. Like I got my start in radio my my senior year of high school. I was working at an AM radio station and I was producing shows for them. And like radio just fit for me. That was it. But being on camera, I'm a nervous wreck. I, I just, I'm not comfortable in front of a camera at all. And it has taken me a long time to even feel natural, like doing our live streams. And I still don't feel like I'm natural at it by any means. But um, so networking for me is very difficult. Like the very first year at the expo, I, I just like I just kind of like attached myself to Faith and Ryan because they're much more extroverted than I am. Like Faith will talk to everybody. Uh, Ryan's been doing fantasy football now for the longest time. He's one of the OG fantasy footballers writers, so he knows he's got to know a lot of people. But for me, like I very much like I find a comfort zone, and uh, it's you know how I how I just ultimately reached out. Like some of the first three guests I think we had on our show was stepmom Lauren. Uh, Ryan Weiss and Kyle Yates. I think those were the first three that we had on. All three of them were writers with the ballers at the time. Uh, Lauren and I just instantly connected because she actually lives in Florida. Um, I, I've been to her house. We've watched football games. I've, you know, hung out with her and Jeff and, you know, just hanging out at the house, dr- drinking beers. Like it's a grand old time. Um, and Ryan, the whole thing just started. Like I saw him, him put out a take on Twitter and I just kind of responded to it and we kind of had a disagreement. So I was like, Hey, would you be interested in coming on our podcast and shooting the shit with us? And he's like, hell yeah, let's go. And um, that's essentially how our friendship was born, literally just out of that. And I, I'd seen something where he was doing like projections and I um, was kind of, I was trying to work on doing the same thing. So I invited because we were, we were doing our, our summer series, our a look inside series where, we kind of, you know, go through and look at the teams and like who were, you know, playing, fading, et cetera, upside, downsides, that kind of thing. And after like the first few episodes, I I talked to Joe. I was like, how would you feel about asking Ryan just to be like our third co-host? And he was like, <laughs> hell, let's do it. So I did. And Ryan was like, yeah, let's go. And that's kind of how that happened. So, um, I mean, sometimes you just you have to take a leap of faith. But for me, like I, I'm so business oriented, like what I do for work, I currently my full-time job, I'm a bartender. 
So I naturally just have to like stomach talking to people, even when I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> but I, I'm always looking for things to do so I don't have to talk to people. But I and I'm not a natural conversationist. I I like to talk, as you can see from this interview, but I don't you have to give me something to talk about. If you give me something to talk about, I can ramble on forever. But yep. starting a conversation is the most awkward thing in the world for me, especially because I don't know how somebody's going to respond to it. So my head naturally goes towards like business related stuff. And that's how I connect to people. But for me to like maintain those relationships are very, very, very difficult. Because you're not as out there as some of the people that you were listing and, and that's just not your personality. Do you think that, a person who has that same kind of personality, maybe co-hosts are the way to go having an extra person. Or do you think that you're, are you comfortable enough doing a solo show as well? Oh, you would, you couldn't, there's no amount of money in the world. <laughs> you could pay me to do a solo show. I can't do it. I I've seen Joe do it. Joe has carried shows by himself. That man will talk to a wall for three hours. If you let him, <laughs> I am not that person. I can't do it. And, um, you know, watching like some of these episodes of who's your caddy that, that Kelly does with the golf show, like she's done a couple of them solo. I don't know how she does it. I can't do it. I feel like <laughs> I'm going crazy if I'm trying to do a show by myself. Cause I'm, I, I would literally have to create a conversation by myself. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And I, I, I applaud. And honestly, I envy people that have that ability because I do not. I don't think I do either. I, even when I do the recording of just the intro where it's just me by myself, I redo it like 400 times. And I, I know believe that it. if I did, I would do, yep, so, I would do the same thing. And then I finally just go, whatever. I don't even care. People probably fast forward through the sport. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> I think last year I did, uh, I recorded a, uh, I think it was like a, just like a short little video for some of our women of fantasy uh, raffle giveaways. And just sitting there and trying to hold a damn camera to record <laughs> it. I think I did that take probably like 40 times. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie because I, I just, I didn't like it. I, it didn't flow. It didn't roll the way that I wanted to. I like, I literally wrote out like a speech yeah. on my, on the computer just so I could read through it like 50 times. So I could feel like I could memorize it. This is why I never got into acting. I have a terrible memory. I can't memorize shit and I hate the camera. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you memorized, you know, batting average for a guy in 1933. I, I know it's like, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been a math nerd forever, which is hilarious. Cause I hate numbers. Like it just, it is what, it, but I've always been good at math. So numbers compute for me for whatever reason, but words do not. And that's the irony behind me having a creative writing degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Getting that degree, did, did you always want to go into being a writer? Oh, no. Okay. I Absolutely just think, not. What, no. What when, I, when I was in school, like all, you know, having to write all these papers, I was like, oh, it's such a drag. But every single one of my teachers was always like, you're a really good writer. So then I got to college. And then I discovered alcohol and partying, and I yeah. used that to my advantage. I would bang out research papers literally two hours before the class had to start. And that was with cited notations and everything. And I'm not even exaggerating by that. Like, I don't know to this day how I was able to pull that off, but I could do it. Like, I, I can sit down. I can bang out 2,000 words in 30 minutes. It is not hard for me. It really isn't. I don't know why. 
but I like I never liked writing growing up. Now I cherish it. Like it is an it's an escape for me. Like storytelling is so much fun. I, I it, it's and that and partly that's why I think Ryan hates editing my articles because <laughs> he's the type of fantasy content creator that like when he writes he's a meat and potatoes. He gets to the point, you know, thousand words. It's all there. My columns go for like five thousand words because I'm <laughs> I'm like telling some level of story. Yeah, and it's just like. This tiny little bit is what you really need to know to get to the point. But I'm telling this like vast story and then coming all the way back to make everything connect. At, like I'm very much a different style of writer than most content creators. And it's fresh and, and feels cool to read that kind of content because it's different. And, you know, to get that, that I know you kind of thing, you know, that kind of. Maybe so. Uh, but happy I also and... feel like you have way too many people nowadays that have the absolute worst attention spans yeah so that's long true. columns like that do not get the type of clicks that the meat and potatoes type articles do but you get a nice group of people who are your core fan base if you want to say the, because, that's the goal you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, i like it so you know <laughs> okay well just having a website in general the name club fantasy how did you come up with that how'd you guys come up with that all right um bear with me this is kind of an embarrassing story <laughs> so uh as i mentioned before uh i kind of started this website with a uh with an old high school friend of mine we were in a home league together and the name of the league was the script club and yes it was with a k it was basically mocking the Pac-Man, Adam Jones, like I'm going to the script club kind of thing. <laughs> so initially, that's what we called the podcast. It was script club radio. And so, which again, the irony behind this and me starting a site called Women of Fantasy Football just feels weird. But, you know, I'll share the story. It is what it is. Um, you know, being young and stupid, you live and you learn. Anyway, um, so after, so at that time, my friend had a job working for uh, the state of Florida in, in the governor's office. So he's like, after a while, we were like, all right, dude, we got to change this name. I can't have this, like me being associated with this just in case this blows back on me. I'm like, all right. So the, the idea behind it was really what, you know, going to a club is. It, it's having fun. It's entertaining. And so we just kind of kept the club part and just slapped fantasy on the end of it. And, you know, it's club fantasy. And I added the FFL simply because uh, there's a strip club in Atlanta with the exact same name. So we focus mainly on football. So fantasy football league, it made sense. So that's kind of the origin behind club fantasy. Nice. <laughs> it's cool to see the origin story though. Of, I don't know how names come about. I get, I, you see all these different websites with all these cool names and I'm like, I have a hard time coming up with stuff like that. So I just wanted yeah. to know no, what about no, nope, but what about no punt intended? Cause I, that makes me laugh when you came up, when you guys came up with the idea to name it that, like, how did oh, you we love, I, I'm a huge fan of puns. I love puns. And uh, the, again, that was something that my friend had come up with and we just kind of rolled with it. And I was like, you know what? I dig this. The smarter thing probably would have been to say, you know what? This is the club fantasy football podcast, you know? But um, I, I like doing, I like having the different names because like we yeah. do a lot of different shows on our YouTube page. Like we have No Punt Intended. We had our DFS show um, with Ryan and, and um, Kira Wytrowski, who's now with the 33rd team, um, DFS and Chill. 
You know, like I don't want to do club fantasy football podcasts, but then have all these like different spider webs coming from that. Like I would much rather just have something that stands on its own, that can be its own thing that, you know, when you hear the name, it's like, oh, I know exactly what that show's about. And that's where I'm going to go for DFS or dynasty or redraft or whatever. So, you know, that's like what we did with, you know, Kelly's golf show. Who's your caddy? Like, you know, it's a fun little like play on words and, you know, just have some fun with it. Cause again, that's what being at the club is. It's, it's having fun, you know, it's entertainment. And that's what you get when you consume content at club fantasy, you get fun. You get fun. Yes, you do. And you know, with your podcast, when, when I, I went back and, watched a few episodes not the whole way through i didn't feel like you know learning about players from long. two or three no i just didn't want to like hear about <laughs> fantasy news from 2017 <laughs> or 18 or whatever you know no but you guys have such a a great relationship you can tell you guys have fun you're laughing you're having it and it flows so well and how do you get a podcast to be that cohesive trial and error <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really is that simple. It's trial and error because nothing is going to work the way that you want it to work right out of the gate. Um, I use this moniker just from my experience as like a screenwriter and, and writing, you know, concepts and even consuming TV shows, right? Like when you watch a show, the very first episode, and then you watch the show, like a, an episode that's like three seasons after the fact. You can tell the difference in the amount of work everybody puts in because they've been working together for a really long time. You know, you're finding out as the actors how these characters are and who they are and how they relate to you and how you can relate to them. So it's that cohesiveness within the cast. And it's the exact same thing with a podcast, right? Joe and I are very different. He comes from the North, you know, the Northeast, the Boston sports radio aspect. You know, he's very much in your face. He's going to he's gonna have some wild takes, but I promise you, he believes those takes. <laughs> I'm a little more like, all right, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to base my takes on this. I'm naturally a very loud person, so it always sounds like I'm yelling at him. But, you know, we're, we're, we have no problem getting in each other's face, telling each other, like, you are a dumbass. Like, what is – how did you – come up with this seriously <laughs> and that like it so it, it's really it, it's like two brothers just kind of fighting right but there's a massive age difference between us joe is 24 25 now i'm gonna be 40 in august so like it's a very different dynamic between the two of us and then you bring in ryan who ryan's only a year older than me but we are like completely op like i act like a 20 year old <laughs> Ryan acts like a dad, which is what he is. So it's like it's an it's a fun little dynamic between the two of us or the three of us really because it's like Ryan's the the you know the adult figure that's just trying to tell the kids to like guys get back on track. What are we doing here? And Joe's just being you know like a little brother. And then there's me like, what are you doing? Shut up! Like <laughs> <laughs> Ryan always jokes. He's like, I'm just I'm gonna get a bell. Like every time you two go at it, I'm just gonna start ringing it so we get back on track. <laughs> Well, that's one of the reasons I I love the show so much is because you can tell you guys are friends and 
when I tune into some shows and you hear right off the bat, it just sounds like they're reading a script or whatever. Then, and that goes for any podcast. I'm kind of like, eh. But when I see the personalities and can hear the personalities come through, it, it's such a good feeling, you know, as the listener and the consumer of the product. I appreciate that. It's taking us. We're on episode. We just finished episode 282. So it's taken us a while to get here. <laughs> 282. I will not be seeing 282 episodes of this podcast for a I'm sure very half long of them time. probably aren't even like because we did we did so many of them on Joe's uh internet radio station, and that's since dissolved. So I don't like I don't have any of the backlogs of that. So um, but so I just kind of like restarted the I don't want to say restarted the numeration, but just kind of picked it up like when we you know moved over and like started doing the stuff on anchor and then putting everything on youtube so um but yeah it's it, we've been doing this quite a long time now joe and i and then you know bringing ryan in in uh, summer of 2020 so yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun and and you know and that's that's always the challenge really for us because we love bringing guests on and you know it's always interesting to find out how the guests will work within our personality and I always and I always go back to these the the stories of like the behind the scenes of of guest actors when they when they used to come on Friends, right? Like Friends is my all time favorite sitcom. I, I absolutely adore the show, and you know you see everybody in that cast is still friends to this day. And there would be these stories that would come out where these guest stars would make appearances on the show, and they would feel like an outcast. Because the the cast, it's, the core cast was just so tight knit that there was no breaking down that barrier. And like, you know, as, as you said, like we have a very cohesive unit between the three of us. And so I always like, I'm always kind of worried how that's going to work. But again, it's like, you know, we've kind of gotten to a point now where we've kind of been ingrained in this, like, you know, the fantasy, like Twitter community, and we've gotten to know a lot of people and you know, there are some guests where we, you know, we've had them on multiple times because they've just instantly connected with us. And then there's some people we've had on maybe like a one-off appearance here and there, you know, maybe not necessarily because I didn't think that they gelled with us, but I I, I don't like to put, you know, as the saying goes, square pegs and round holes. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring somebody on who is, you know, a diehard dynasty person and then bring them on and talk redraft. That's right. stupid in my opinion. You know, somebody that is like all on board, like the Devi and the college players, like I, I would much rather bring them on on a show when we're discussing that kind of stuff, because that's what's going to make them sound like the geniuses that they are. And that's when, you know, our core audience is recognizing this and they're like, hey, you know what, let me give these people a follow, because really, that's what we're all about as as a show and as a brand, really. It's not like, hey, it's us against the world, like. No, there's plenty of room within the space for all of us to shine and all of our work to 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 get the recognition that it deserves. Like, why should we, you know, shun somebody else because they work at another site? No, like right. last year we started a um, fantasy appreciation show. Like every summer we do um, a fantasy appreciation show. And it's literally like we bring on multiple people across the fantasy space, give them like a five to 10 minute like platform. And just kind of let them come on and talk about all the things that they're doing. And, you know, it's a cool way for, again, for our audience to to get to know people that maybe they don't know. Yeah. Or maybe that they, they've, they you know, seen posts from in passing, but haven't, like, truly consumed their content. Maybe they're watching the show at a moment when 
that individual is on and they're talking about something great that they've got coming up, you know, like, oh man, we put in all this work on this draft guide and, you know, it, it's X amount of pages and you get all the content and information for all these new rookies coming in. And maybe that person that's watching it is getting ready for their rookie draft. You know what? Hey, let me go download this. Let me go support them and see what they're up to. And holy crap, now I've got a new fan. Like that that's what we're all about. Like it's all about sharing the love. I'm going to have to check that out because I love one of my favorite things. I love, love, love finding new or not even new, just people I didn't know existed and finding their content and finding somebody that I can be like, I watched their journey and I'm, you know, rooting for that person. So there you go. go. So when you're, when you're asking people to come on the show, who does that? How do you guys go about like how you're going to do that? Uh, Typically it's either Ryan or myself. Um, Joe as um, he's a he's the director of content for a summer league baseball team. So his basically his job is very demanding. He, he doesn't spend a lot of time on Twitter, especially in the fantasy football space. So most of the people that he meets are literally guests of our show. And um, so, like I said, Ryan's been, you know, doing this a long time. He's gotten to meet a lot of people. Um you know, I've been doing this now, like I feel fully ingrained now in this probably for going on four years. So, um, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of different people and, you know, I see a lot of different people that, that come up and, and, you know, wanting to get their start and things like that. And, um, I mean, Ryan was actually the one that introduced me to Hutch. Like he, he, uh, Hutchinson Brown, if you're unfamiliar, um, he first started, you know, the young fantasy mind podcast, but, um, Hutch was just a, a freaking kid, like hopping on Twitter and uh, we had somebody bow out at the last minute for one of our shows and Hutch was getting ready to to like officially launch his podcast that April. And we were in March and and uh, Ryan reached out. He was like, hey, how would you feel about, um, you know, getting this, you know, kid who's getting ready to start a show? Come on. I'm like, bring it. I'm like, I've been that kid. You right. kidding me? I was like, <laughs> I was the kid that was, you know, producing, uh, you know, a, a late night talk show on AM Sports Radio. And this guy has given me his black book with phone numbers from guys like Ted Williams. Like I, yeah, bring it, let's go. And you know, I, I've, I've been a fan of Hutch really ever since like that moment. And, and over the summer when Joe gets really busy during baseball season, I always joke that Hutch is like our star relief pitcher. Cause we bring Hutch <laughs> in to kind of host our shows um, or, you know, just make guest appearances in place of Joe. And it's, it's always fun. Like, you know, it, it's, and that's, again, like that's what we're all about. Like giving people chances and opportunities and, you know, cause again, there's plenty of room for everybody in this space. Definitely. And you brought up Hutch. I'm trying to get him on, but my schedule and I don't know, my schedule is just always all over the place. Gotta so. wait till summer when yeah. he's out of school. That would be, I know. <laughs> I know he's like, well, <laughs> he gave me like very specific. And I was like, I can't do that. So <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, and yeah, you guys have your show is at a certain time and, you know, so having that, do you ever feel during the day, do you feel rushed or do you ever feel like, you know, I'm not going to be prepared or are you, do you go into podcasting where you're like, okay, I got this. So I used to, um, when the, where I'm at now at work, um, I've basically told them, I say, look, I run this website. We do a lot of shows, podcasting. I like to be prepared. If there's a way that we can work this to where I have certain days off and they were like, all right, cool. And so I basically, I take every Wednesday off. So, 
you know, depending on what I have currently going on with, you know, X, X, Y, and Z, like, you know, doing the back end stuff with like our YouTube page or our website. Um, Wednesdays are typically like my research day. Like I'm going through and I'm preparing for the show um, because I, I don't like sounding like a dumbass <laughs> and that's very easy for me to do. Um, so I like to make sure that I have as much information in front of me as I possibly can. And, um, cause I know that Ryan is going to come prepared, you know, Joe is I love Joe to death. And what, again, what makes this is so the show so much fun is half the time. He doesn't even look at the show sheet until like five minutes before the show. <laughs> and, and that's what, you know, as he hosts the show, that's what makes it feel so organic because he's just, you know, reading right on through and like Ryan and I are just kind of sitting there like, all right, we got our notes. We're ready. And Joe's ready to shoot them down before we even know what, what, what we're going to say. It's, it's funny. And it's entertaining and that's what we go for you know we're, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring the information that you know helps you win your leagues but we're gonna entertain you and you're gonna freaking laugh while you're watching us so when you're talking about the show sheet i know that there's some people out there that want to start a podcast but they're not exactly sure what goes on with podcasting how to get started and things of that nature but with the show sheet what do you guys have on your show sheet as kind of like a template for people who are trying to start it and they're just not sure where should I start? How should I do so, this? The biggest thing is what I would suggest doing, figure out what you want to talk about during the show. Right. Um, anytime you're getting ready to start a podcast, you're likely not going, like, especially if you're not doing it, especially if you're doing it live, right. If you're doing it live, there's a chance that you might have questions that come in your, in the chat. And sometimes you end up pivoting. Like our, our shows during the NFL season, We'll have a show sheet. I'll be honest with you. Half the time, we don't even look at the show sheet because we're, <laughs> we're just inundated with questions. And our live show turns from, instead of like giving you, you know, three players that we like this week, three players we don't like this week, we're just answering your questions in the chat. And honestly, we love it because at the end of the day, that's why we do this. We do this to interact with the fans, to give them the information. They're supporting us. So why are we going to take advantage of that? Like, Right. And then usually by a certain point, it's like, all right, we'll get to your questions. We're just going to read through this, maybe like elevator pitches on why or, or why not kind of thing. And then we'll get back to the questions. Like, so sometimes we'll rush through it. Sometimes we'll act, you'll actually get like, you know, the banter in the back and forth. But what I would really suggest is when you sit down to do a show, just figure out what you're going to talk about. Like if you, if you want the show to be a half hour, keep the show sheet nice and short. If you're okay with stretching it to an hour, double it. It's, it's really that simple. Um, what, what I try to do. So like we've been doing this now quite a long time and really like our, our shows are very cyclical. Like, you know, every year after the Super Bowl, we have our like off season preview shows. Like, so we'll preview the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Same show, basically every season, it's just different players and we're cycling through and we'll, we'll get different guests on. Right. Then we always do a, uh, like a free agency reaction show. And, and I always try to shoot for the moon and try to get like a big name guest on um, because, you know, it's more fun that way. You know? Right. And then we'll go into our, uh, we'll have like an intro to dynasty kind of thing because it's right after free agency. And then you're, you're gearing up for the NFL draft. And uh, cause like I said, our, our core show, no pun intended is definitely more redraft focused. Um, but we're not naive to the fact that other people do play other forms of fantasy. 
So we, we kind of want to give you a little bit of taste on that. So usually with that intro to Dynasty show, I look for names of people that eat, sleep, and breathe Dynasty. And I'm going to bring them on the show. And we're just going to kind of rapid fire questions. And we'll talk strategy and do those different types of things. And then we roll into our Stars of Tomorrow series where, you know, just like our, our off-season, you know, positional previews, we're previewing, you know, the core fantasy positions, but rookies. And we bring on a bunch of people that scout and do all these types of things with Devi and Dynasty shows and podcasts and, you know, talk to them and get their opinions. Because, again, we're really not college people. We'll watch tape for, like, <laughs> an hour maybe and be like, all right, this is our opinion of this person. Cool, you know? And then most of the time, it's landing spot dependent. So let's get some more educated opinions. And, you know, then we'll do like a couple other like one-off shows here and there. And then we have our, our look inside series shows. And then we have like our little break when we do our women of fantasy shows. And then we get right back into our weekly shows in, in uh, during the regular season. So like it, our stuff is very simple, really, because when you're working full-time jobs and you're running sites and things like that, the more complicated you try to get, you're just, you're, you're begging for a burnout at that point, in my opinion, like it. <laughs> Yeah. I, I live by the by the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Like that that's my whole mantra. You brought up women of fantasy football. And I know that in 2022, at the beginning of 2022, that was an idea that you came up with and, and brought it, yes. 2020, excuse me. Brought it and brought it to us to to be able to take that content in and enjoy getting to know all about women in fantasy football. But how did that idea pop into your head? How did you decide that was something that you wanted to have with club fantasy? Oh man. Um, I know faith kind of touched on this um, when, during her interview. So um, I don't, I, I guess I don't want to go too much in detail. Like, you know, you can always go back and listen to that, but I guess from my perspective um, I'd thrown around the idea because um, in years past, we always took those, those weeks to kind of like look at our like individual, like, you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end rankings, things like that. By the time we got to tight ends, it was just like, people are, most people have already done their drafts. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, these are boring shows. <laughs> Let's spice it up. Let's have some fun. And, um, you know, again, like I'd gotten to know, you know, stepmom Lauren really well. Um, you know, I, I've always been a person that, in all honesty, most of my friends are female. Guys suck. They really do. Like I, I, I've never, I've always related better with women than I have with men. Um, you know, my mom, my grandmother, I, I've always had strong women in my life. And, um, you know, they're just a lot of vitriol towards women in, in the world of sports. And it just gets tiring, you know, and, and this whole like simp term, I think is really kind of dumb, even though sometimes it is, more warranted than other times, but regardless, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, there's nothing wrong with a supporting women in any genre, let alone sports. Um, but why can't it just be like supporting people? Cause that's really what we're doing, right? We're supporting people and what they're doing. Um, but supporting women is, especially in the world of sports, it's something that shouldn't be something where we have to do a big event for, but, it is because for whatever reason in the year 2020 at this point, now 2023, people still think that women belong in a kitchen or that they have no business talking about sports because they quote, don't play the game. And again, just this stupid misogynistic ideology of, you know, 
biblical term. I don't fucking know at this point. I'm just, I'm, I'm over trying to describe it, but like, so it, it, it just, you know, I talked to Ryan, I talked to Joe, I pitched them the idea. Um, they were all for it, you know, and um, I brought the idea up to faith, you know, at that time she was editing with us and um, she hadn't really had a lot of podcasting experience. And I said, you know, how about I reach out to Lauren? I was like, you know, I've obviously I've gotten to know her a lot over the past year. Um, you know, I helped introduce uh, Faith to Lauren and, and those two just two peas in a pod. And so I was like, you know, that would be a, a really good, you know, compliment there. And I was like, you know, for the first year, you know, we'll make it the five of us and we'll bring on different women. And you being one of those women at the time, um, I mean, we had some great guests. I mean, I, the first episode we let off, we had Liz Loza, we had Michelle and Kate Majuk, and we had Rosalie Michaels from DraftKings. And I'm like, shit, can it get better? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you know, it, it, we actually, uh, I believe that the third episode of that, when we had, I think it was you, Sam Holt, and we also had Linda. Yep. That was her very first podcast appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, um, so like, and, and we, we see where Linda is now, like mm -hmm. she's absolutely crushing it. And, so, you know, we kind of like impromptu put together this whole like fundraising thing. We ended up raising $1,500 and we're like, oh, shit, people actually are into this idea. Okay. Are, are we taking this to the next level or is this a one-time thing? And <laughs> um, so we just like, all right, let's roll with it. Let's see what we can do in year two. And the next year we raised uh, a little over 2300 And, you know, we, we were able to book. Stefania Bell, we got Fox Sports analyst Laura Oakman. Um, you know, we'd been the money that we were raising initially, we were donating it to the Women's Foundation. And um, you know, we were working with people within the organization after we made a huge donation. They reached out to us and things just kind of fell apart after, you know, during the second year because they they, you know, changed people within and the the new people that kind of took over didn't look at us the same way as as the individual that left. And so, um, you know, Faith is somebody that she she's like it's the most polite way that I can word this. Um, she she can uh, like she she's somebody that will scratch and claw her way into your life and it can be really annoying at times. But you realize <laughs> that the moment that she's there, she's there to stay. And it's the best feeling ever because she's such a great person. And so I'm really thankful for that. And she kind of did the same when we were able to book Stefania Bell, like, you know, she's commenting on her posts and, you know, shooting her DMs and all these types of things. And she, she basically did that same thing with Laura. And when we found out about Galvanize, that was a lot of the reason why we wanted to bring Laura on. And, um, you know, Faith brought it to Laura's attention and, and we, you know, the three of us, we kind of sat down and we had a conversation and, you know, Laura was like, you know, if, if we're going to do this, like, this is going to be a partnership. This is just going to be like you guys just giving us money. And so we went into last year that, you know what, we're going to set up the scholarship fund and we're going to we're going to help women that want careers in sports the way that, you know, we want to help them. Like with, with Women's Sports Foundation, it was just, all right, here's the money. Do with it what you do with it, you know, and like, it's great. It's awesome. Like, you know, we know that that money's going to a good cause, but mm -hmm. we didn't really have any control over it. Right. Right. With this, like, we know exactly where this money's going. And Laura is one of the most respected, you know, 
female reporters in the world of sports. I mean, I think, I believe she's the third longest tenured sideline reporter in the NFL. Um, and what she's done with galvanize is like just looking at Twitter and the response that some of the women that she's worked with that have gone through these boot camps and even women that, you know, have been in the industry as long as she has the way that they talk about Laura, we know that we made the right decision to partner with Laura. So with that, like, we know that we're doing something great with women in fantasy football. And what we're ultimately trying to do is extend it beyond just the world of fantasy football. That's why we have who's your caddy, the golf DFS show with Kelly. Um, you know, and, and I, I have some other ideas and, you know, not really going to get into too much of that right now. because I don't <laughs> want to let any cats out of the bag or anything, but um, you know, there there's this whole idea, like, yeah, it's, you know, it, it looks like a brand, but it's really not, it's a movement. You know, it's, we want to support, women in sports we want to support the idea that you know what they're the future voice of football like get over this machismo that you have like women know this game really freaking well and literally right before we hopped on this interview i was reading a a column from uh jordan Rodriguez. i think her name is Uh, she covers the uh, los angeles rams for the athletic brilliantly written absolutely brilliantly written like you can't sit here and tell me that women don't belong in the world of sports because i'm I'm gonna slap you in your face it's so dumb (laughs) it's dumb you hear you heard that here first but it is it really is okay you brought up the expo earlier and women of fantasy football played a part in the expo and there was a panel for women that are in the space how did that come about how did that feel to have something like that a stage for women in the fantasy space so the first year that I attended was 2021 and um, Ryan, who at that time lived outside of Canton, um, he, he knows Bob Lung, who runs the expo and he's had a good relationship with him. And, um, you know, Bob Lung got caught wind of kind of what we were doing with women of fantasy and he'd already gone through and, you know, scheduled out all these different panels and things like that. And um, but we were he actually Bob was was nice enough to kind of squeeze us in as like a like a pseudo like small panel and gave us like 15 minutes to kind of get on stage and kind of talk about what we were doing with women in fantasy football um and after the response from that like uh, scott fish um was was in the audience among other people and um you know if you know scott fish you know that he's the the most genuine person you'll probably ever meet in your life um but you know just just you know seeing someone of that magnitude that's like, hey, you guys are doing great work with this. Like, keep it up. Um, so Bob set up the the Women of Fantasy panel, um, which initially he didn't even approach us about sponsoring it, which felt kind of awkward in all honesty, because it's like you're naming a panel after the movement that we started and we're not involved. But OK, cool. Awesome. Let, let, let's see how this plays out. Um, <laughs> So, but, you know, Ryan worked his Ryan magic and, and got us involved. And, um, you know, again, like, you know, giving us a, a kind of an early time slot, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, small room. And I tell you, I was not expecting the type of response that we got from that panel. That room was absolutely packed. Like it was packed to a point where people were standing in the hallway just so that they could listen to this panel. Um, 
I will say that if we had more involvement in planning it, um, we probably, because I, I feel like that there were women that were in attendance that should have had a chance to be on that panel. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad about that, especially because, um, you know, I, I was actually approached by one of them. I won't name who they are. Um, but they, they actually felt a little slighted because everybody was coming up to them saying, Hey, why weren't you involved in this panel? And, um, I was like, I mean, if I was planning it, you would have been, <laughs> but I wasn't. <laughs> um, so like there, there, obviously there, there was pros and cons to it, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, so like, hopefully we're actually involved in, in planning it this year. That that's a, a goal of mine. Um, and luckily because of the response that we got, um, Bob is, you know, agreed to give us like one of the main rooms this year, which I'm very ecstatic about. Um, because it seems that people want to hear their stories, you know, they, and, and that was a lot of the, um, you know, influence and behind setting up her story in the making, which is a show that uh, women of fantasy does that's powered by fantasy alarm, uh, which is hosted by Britt Flynn, who was on that women of fantasy panel. Um, you know, cause I like my, my biggest thing with women of fantasy, I didn't want it just to be, this four week event that we did because that, that just shows that like you're an advocate for it, but it's only so important to you. And that's not the case. Like this is who we are as a brand. That's who club fantasy is. We're about inclusion. You know, we're about having fun. We're about enjoying what you do. And, you know, you can be male, female, non-binary. You can be black, white, Brown, Asian, whatever color you want to associate yourself with, whatever race, and enjoy fantasy football, enjoy sports. And it shouldn't be a problem. And that's what we stand for here. And, you know, everybody that I bring on board to, to work with us, um, those are literally the very first question I ask them. How do you feel about women in sports? Like, it, it, it feels like a very simple question, and it's very easy to be like, why in God's name would you ask me that? But it's something that's very important to yeah. me. And believe me when I tell you, I can tell how you feel based on your answer. Mm-hmm. Because if it's short, sweet, and to the point, you don't care as much as I do, I promise you. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, you probably won't be a great fit for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like women, we're awesome. Okay? Okay. Facts. Now, <laughs> now I want to ask you a few questions just about fantasy leagues and fantasy in general, nothing too crazy, but do you have a league that you like, 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 I can't even like settings or rules. Is there a specific type of rule or league that you're a big fan of? I'm kind of basic. I'm not going to lie. It's the best way though. Keep keep it simple with, uh, you know, PPR settings. Um, yeah, I, I love bonus points just because I love scoring because, you know, I mean, it's offense. Like, that's what you want. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I've done a lot of different types of leagues. Um, you know, the, the home league that, you know, was kind of the inspiration behind uh, what we do at Club Fantasy. Uh, we, we did a lot of experimentation with that league. Um, I think the, the second year we did it, we introduced uh, uh, IDPs. So individual defensive players, for those that don't know. Um, and everybody hated it everybody hated it 
I actually won the league that year, which was the start of like my my back to back championships in that league. Um, but I even even me like I didn't love it. Um, I, I've played in in more IDP leagues of late. Um, the last couple of years, I, I've done the uh, the fantasy and frames four eyed charity tournament. And then this past year I did the IDP guys invitational. Um, I don't seek out IDP leagues mostly just because, you know, as much as I love defense, as I mentioned early in this interview, I, I played defense in high school. Um, offense is just more fun for me. It really is it, like just watching offense is more fun for me, mostly just because the way that the rules have, are shaped now, you don't get the, the bone crushing hits that make defense so much fun. Um, so I think that's kind of why I focus on, um, on the offensive side of the ball more so than anything. Um, I mean, I, I have dynasty leagues that are super flex. I have dynasty leagues that are one QB. I have dynasty leagues that are tight end premium that aren't tight end premium. Um, I have one dynasty league that has 40 roster spots, which is a pill. Let me tell you, Holy crap. That's a deep <laughs> league. Um, yeah. Went all in to try to win that one this year and finished dead last. Go figure. That's how, that's how working that's a crazy. roster can bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have some dynasty leagues where the benches are just way too short and it, it's infuriating to me. Um, I have some that are, you know, pretty standard, you know, 24, 28 players, some that are, you know, 30, 32. Um, I, I've, I have an auction league that I've done now for four years, I believe. Um, it's literally my only league on ESPN platform now. And I'm just, I'm waiting for the day that sleeper introduces auction so I can finally leave that archaic platform that is ESPN. Uh, sorry for anybody that works for ESPN. That's listening. That's where my home (laughs) league is, but you know, (laughs) it's a home league. No, I, um, no, what's really sad is within the last, like, I think three years, um, I've left all of my like long running home leagues. Um, the, the league that I brought up, um, that was kind of served as the inspiration for this. I left that I think like three or four years ago. Um, because in back to back years, they vetoed one of my trades out of spite because I was kind of like the league villain. Like I was the guy that, (laughs) You know, I would talk all the trash in the world. Like I used to write like rap songs about like talking shit about the league. Like, that's what <laughs> I used to do. Um, and like I just, I'm like, really, this is. I'm like, I, and I talked to my buddy who commissioned the league, and I was like, I, I just can't do it. He's like, yeah. I kind of figured after this one, you were it. I'm like, yeah, that, that I'm done. And then my other one uh, with my my college buddies, um, the the commissioner of the league um, ended up kind of. Just, things were getting, you know, too hectic. So I ended up taking over and um, it, it just became a bitch fest. Like everybody just wants to bitch and complain because they don't get their way because of X, Y, and Z and this and that. And and I was just like, you know what? We're 30 something year olds. Like, why are we complaining about stupid shit? I'm like, grow up. And so I left. I'm out. <laughs> So my, my home leagues now are, are essentially like, you know, just leagues that I have with, you know, my, my Twitter peeps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I'll do work leagues and things like that. And, you know, obviously you can still talk trash to your work mates. That's always fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, and of course, when you, you know, 
don't win the league that you know you commission for your work league when they know you run a fantasy football website that always lends for a lot of fun <laughs> i bet i bet <laughs> thought you were supposed to be good at this yeah right exactly, <laughs> exactly. my home league i commission but it's all women so i think with you Fantastic. saying that you know so I'm just saying, like we don't. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did a couple. We did a few waff leagues uh, this year. Um, we we have a a, a a women of fantasy start sit show that we do with uh, eight year old twin girls, Rowan and Macy. Um, they're the twin daughters of uh, Dave Fantasy, who writes with IBT Media. And um, I, I approached him at the expo about this idea, and he was like, "Oh my god, they would absolutely love this." <laughs> And uh, so Kelly hosts that during the season and I kind of run the board behind the scenes for to kind of help him out. And um, I, I've had to fill in as host a couple of times and it's fun because I don't have kids. So uh, trying to keep like, you know, two eight year olds with yeah. minimal attention spans, like, you know, focused, especially when you're not next to them. It's very difficult. Let me tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but we, we yeah. set up um, like a, a Rowan league and a Macy league. Um, and you know, it's, it's all women. And then we did, uh, we did a couple like best ball, uh, women of fantasy leagues, uh, with buy-ins that would, uh, go towards the, uh, women of fantasy and galvanized scholarship fund. So, um, well, hopefully we'll be a little bit better prepared for those leagues this year because uh, we kind of did them on a whim last year. So, um, we'll, we'll try to plan a little better this year, but always, always down for that. Uh, love, love doing that. And, and, you know, just supporting the idea of, you know, just women being able to get together and shoot the shit and have some fun and, and the people that are like, oh, well, if you guys want inclusion, why don't you want to play with the guys? Like, excuse my French, but fuck the hell off. Like, stop. That's, you know. There are plenty of leagues where it's all dudes. Like, exactly. And I'm that, like, one chick that's in, you know, with all the guys, you know? So it's, exactly. you know, so. So what do you like to do in your free time when you have it? Uh, that That's the big one, when I have it, because I don't <laughs> really have it. Um Honestly, I, I'm simple. I really am. Um, you know, being a, a you know single guy, you'd think I'd be like, all right, you know, I'm going to get out and meet some people. I'm the most awkward fucking person ever. So, like, I really don't meet people very well. Um, but, I mean, there there's a, a, a restaurant down the street from my house, and I, I know, like, everybody that works there. So, usually, like, um, you know, if I have an off night, like, I'll just go in there and I'll chill and I'll hang out. But, um, honestly, like... I'm, I'm always writing or I'm watching something that's inspiring me to write. Like that's, that's kind of my passions. What I love, you know, that's what I've learned to love to do. Let me rephrase that. Cause as I mentioned earlier in this interview, I didn't like writing initially, um, <laughs> but I love storytelling and, you know, I, I, I wrapped a web series last year, finished writing it. And unfortunately the, the filming of it kind of fell by the wayside. And, and after that, I just kind of told myself that, you know, I've got to stop stretching myself so thin because working a full-time job, working on still trying to pursue the passion of screenwriting and finding somebody to, to buy your stuff and then running, you know, not just one website, but essentially two, because, you know, I do a lot of the back end stuff for women of fantasy as well. Um, you know, by the end of, of 2022, I was feeling it. I really was, I was feeling it. And the last couple of years have really taken a toll on me just from a mental standpoint after uh, my grandmother passed away. Um, Cause she was my rock. Um, she meant the world to me. She was one of the only people in my life that truly supported what I do, you know, in this creative space. And she'd always ask me about it. 
And so, you know, losing her really kind of left the hole. It really did. And um, so I just tried to have been, um, I've been trying to kind of recapture that love and um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting back to it. And, you know, what we're doing with women of fantasy is really helping with that. It's nice to have somebody that is that supportive. And, and, you know, I, once you get back into it where you feel like you're a hundred percent, you know, back in love with putting, you know, doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I know your, your grandmother's probably wanting you to, to enjoy and, and have fun with what you're doing and to continue. Yeah. My, my big escape yeah. is, is comic books. I, I love comic books. I've always been a big Marvel nerd and, uh, you know, going and watching all the Marvel movies and stuff like that. Yeah. That's my jam. Like that's, that's kind of my escape more than anything. So, yeah. You know, I get people on here that talk about Marvel and I'm like, I just right over my head, <laughs> like, but you know, it, it that's not you, for everybody and that's okay. Do you read as well since you're a writer? Do you like to read or is it more of like a movie kind of thing that you're into? Yeah. I mean, see all those books behind me. Those are all like graphic novels. Um, I actually have a friend of mine who I went to school with. Uh, she's an author and um, she uh, she wrote a series of books. Uh, she, I mean, she writes a lot of series of books, but uh, she wrote one that really connected with me. It's called The Talented Saga. Um, it's if I had to give like an elevator pitch of it, it's basically if the Civil War happened 100 years in the future and the X-Men were involved. Like, oh, that's basically what it is. It's a really <laughs> cool concept. And I always told her because uh, they, they'd had some talks with Netflix about, um, you know, doing like a movie or a series on the show or something. And it kept falling through. Like they've had like three different people pick up the rights to it. And I told her, I said, one of these days, I'm going to turn this into a freaking TV show. And that way you can just sell the pilot. And uh, I, I started breaking it down like a couple of years ago. And then I just, you know, tension got, you know, taken away from me. But um, I think that's probably like my my last real like passion writing project. That'll it'll probably be that be that. Um, but, you know, oh, we'll see. It. We'll see what happens. Still plenty of time to work through shit. So, <laughs> Still plenty of time to work through shit. Well, with that delightful quote, because that I'm, I'm going to start. Yep. That's going to be my new quote. That's going to be my new quote. I'm working through some shit, okay? Let me work through this shit. Josh, it, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. You've been such a great guest to be able to talk to. I appreciate to. that. And it's, uh, I never thought that anybody would ever want to hear me talk about anything that I oh, do. Oh, no, so no, 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 no. It's been so great you. interviewing you. You've been really great at keeping the conversation flowing. I know that. I told got, you I can talk. Yeah. Hey, I can you talk. Know, when too. you give me something to talk about, yeah. I can talk about it. If I have to start the conversation, we're, we're at it. Hey, all, so. <laughs> well, that's what this, this show is here for me to kind of feed you, to get you to open up. And I'm glad you Perfect. could. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody that's listening know where they can find you, where your content is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, most of the days I'm usually on Twitter, not really talking, just liking and sharing other people's posts. I like to think of myself as just kind of like a fantasy football cheerleader, as masculine as that sounds. Um, <laughs> but you can find me at the one Hudsonian. That's the number one Hudsonian um that's facebook instagram twitter i'm really not very active on facebook or instagram honestly um usually it's just like you know sharing work from club fantasy because yeah everybody that contributes to make that site what it is they're the real heroes in my opinion because we have no site without them um obviously as i mentioned club fantasy uh facebook instagram twitter at club fantasy ffl uh, the website um club fantasy ffl.com 
can follow Women of Fantasy on uh, Twitter as well as Instagram. Um, Faith just set up an Instagram finally for Women of Fantasy. So that's at women of underscore FF. Um, you can also go to womenoffantasyfootball.com. Um, we have information about our partnership with Galvanize, links to the Galvanize website, um, you know, the different um, shows that we do through Women of Fantasy as well as Club Fantasy. There's a podcast tab um, that kind of has all those shows laid out. And uh, obviously what we're really trying to do is grow the YouTube page. So it's youtube.com forward slash club fantasy FFL. You can find all of the club fantasy and women of fantasy podcasts on there. Uh, in the off season, we're running probably about three or four shows. Um, we do the her story in the making with Britt Flynn. We do uh, the who's your caddy golf DFS podcast with Kelly Singh. Uh, obviously the flagship show, no pun intended. That's year round. Um, we will uh, we be picking up with our uh, mock draft Monday show, mock it like it's hot um, <laughs> on uh, Monday mornings at 11 a.m. And then um, getting ready to uh, relaunch the Dynasty show here shortly. Um, got a got a crew put together to talk about some Dynasty and and uh, finally have like a, a, a regularly scheduled Dynasty show, which has kind of been eluding me for quite some time. So very excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Looking for some Dynasty podcasts, so I'll definitely be checking that one out. Everyone, make sure you go follow Josh and go check out Club Fantasy and all the awesome stuff that he just brought up. And also make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. And remember, as you should, yes, as you should, as you should, remember to stay rad. Stay here. I'm like Beetlejuice.